A few days ago, an EMS crew rolled into the emergency department. As they entered, the medic told the triage nurse that their patient had experienced a seizure in the ambulance and was now postictal. The crew had the patient on their cardiac monitor, so the nurse walked over to take a look. What she saw came as a surprise to everyone. You're listening to 911Cast, the no-nonsense EMS podcast. This episode is brought to you by Madison Programs, a Brooklyn-based medical training and consulting company with over 20 years of experience, specializing in emergency medical continuing education and AHA certification classes like CPR and first aid for community members and professionals. For more information, email madisonprograms at aol.com. I'm Scott Topiel, and this week, it's all about seizures. A seizure is defined as an abnormal, excessive, synchronous discharge of neurons residing primarily in the cerebral cortex. In other words, a seizure occurs when the brain's electrical activity goes haywire and brain cells start to fire all at once. Seizures make up a significant portion of EMS calls, and over 70% of out-of-hospital seizure victims arrive at the emergency department via ambulance. In most cases, seizure activity is obvious. The patient suddenly becomes unresponsive and their muscles tense up during a period known as the tonic phase. During this period, they often stop breathing as their respiratory muscles are affected, and they might even turn cyanotic or blue. Fortunately, the tonic phase usually ends quickly, typically in less than a minute. A period of generalized twitching and jerking movements follows. This is the clonic phase. For most people, this part of the seizure lasts about two minutes and is often followed by confusion and decreased alertness during what's known as the postictal period. This postictal state typically lasts anywhere from 5 to 30 minutes as the victim gradually returns to their baseline mental status. A seizure that presents this way, with tonic-clonic activity, used to be called a grand mal seizure. Now, we call them generalized seizures. Of course, there'd be no reason for this episode if seizures were that simple. In fact, seizures can present in a number of different ways that are commonly missed by EMS and hospital providers. Some seizures don't produce the full body movements or postictal periods that you're used to seeing. A person can have what's known as a focal seizure. These are seizures that are much less dramatic than the generalized kind and can manifest in a variety of ways. A common sign of a focal seizure is deviation of the eyes to one side. Other common signs include things like rhythmic jerking movements of one arm or one leg, facial grimacing, chewing or sucking movements, or lip smacking. Sometimes a person experiences an uncontrollable turning of the head or the trunk that you can confuse for a dystonic reaction. And if you think that all seizures cause altered mental status or unresponsiveness, think again. People experiencing certain focal seizures may be fully aware. It's also important to know that not all seizures conclude with the same postictal phase that's characteristic of generalized seizures. Thinking that a person couldn't have had a seizure because they responded normally right after the strange behavior ended can lead you down the wrong path. But we're not done yet. There's still another type of seizure that you might encounter. Absence seizures. We used to call these petite mall seizures, and they commonly affect children. A while back, a friend of mine was teaching a CPR and first aid class to a group of elementary school teachers in Los Angeles. When they got to the topic of seizures, one of the teachers shared a story about a child in her class 
that would stand up, run and spin around the room, and then return to his seat. This would happen multiple times a day, and no one could seem to get him to stop. Naturally, everyone thought the child had ADHD. Only after behavioral interventions failed did a doctor realize that the child didn't have a behavioral disorder. He had a seizure disorder. Focal seizures often occur in clusters, and in this child's case, he was having 20 to 30 seizures a day that were responsible for his unusual and disruptive behavior. When a person experiences an absent seizure, they can be awake but are out of touch with the world. They might not respond to questions or instructions, and often stare into space. This type of behavior is commonly mistaken for a behavioral problem, but a true absent seizure can usually be distinguished from behavioral causes because they can't be interrupted by calling out the child's name or by touching them to get their attention. Also, these seizures can occur in the middle of activity, such as during a conversation or physical activity, such as eating or playing, whereas behavioral spacing out usually happens during sedentary activities and can be interrupted. And while we're talking about kids, what's the deal with febrile seizures? These seizures can affect 2 to 4% of children between the ages of 6 months and 5 years and are defined as generalized seizures that last less than 15 minutes and don't reoccur within 24 hours in the presence of a febrile illness. Once a child has experienced a febrile seizure, there's about a 30% chance that they might experience another one in the future. Although the subject of ongoing debate, most experts believe that the degree of the fever is the primary factor in the development of febrile seizures, more so than how quickly the fever comes on. These seizures usually occur on the first day of illness, and in many cases are the first indication that the child is sick. Febrile seizures consist of tonic-clonic movements, last an average of 3-4 to four minutes, and are followed by a brief postictal period of confusion, agitation, or drowsiness. A prolonged postictal phase is uncommon, so if the child doesn't return to baseline after a short period of time, there might be something else going on. A 2019 study looking at pediatric seizure management revealed that many paramedics did not think that febrile seizures were serious enough to warrant the same treatment that they would normally provide to someone experiencing a generalized seizure. This led to the withholding of medication from a number of children that were experiencing febrile seizures in the field. Know that while the cause of a febrile seizure may be benign, it's still a real seizure and should be treated the same way as any other seizure based on the patient's condition and your local treatment protocols. Treatment of the actively seizing patient should be focused on maintaining the person's airway, breathing, and circulation, and ensuring their safety. Monitor their breathing closely, since in rare cases a person may stop breathing for a prolonged period of time, especially if they're experiencing status epilepticus. Status is when a seizure lasts more than 5 minutes, or when repeated seizures occur without a return to the patient's baseline. Provide supplemental oxygen and ventilations as needed. Have suction ready to clear the airway should they vomit and protect against aspiration. And don't forget to protect the patient's body from injury, especially their head and neck, and never hold them down or put something in their mouth. Most treatment protocols call for the use of benzodiazepines as the first-line medical treatment to stop seizure activity, including activity associated with active absence and focal seizures. Depending on your system, you might use lorazepam, diazepam, or midazolam. If you use midazolam and have the option to provide it via the intranasal route, consider doing so, 
as it has a faster onset of action when delivered IN when compared to intramuscular. Of course, IV, when possible, is preferred. Be extra careful when giving medication to kids. One study showed a medication error rate of 48% during the treatment of actively seizing children. Monitor the patient's airway and ventilation closely after administering medication. If you have access to end-tidal CO2, consider using it. Let's return to the ER and our recent case. The triage nurse took a look at the monitor and saw that the patient was in V-fib. A quick check of the patient revealed that he wasn't breathing and had no pulse. The crew immediately started CPR and the patient was moved to a treatment room. What looked like a seizure that was followed by a postictal state during transport had really been a brief appearance of seizure-like activity caused by the brain being starved of oxygen when the patient went into cardiac arrest. The deep respirations that started during the apparent post-ictal period were actually agonal breaths. As the crew learned, brief seizure activity is common at the onset of cardiac arrest. A repeat primary survey, starting with the ABCs, would have allowed the crew to begin treating the patient immediately. While most seizures encountered by EMS fit the classic presentation of generalized tonic-clonic movements, other types of seizures can be easily overlooked. Unless otherwise indicated in your treatment protocols or medical direction, benzodiazepines are indicated as the first-line treatment for seizure activity of any kind after first ensuring that the ABCs are intact. And don't forget, seizure activity often occurs at the start of cardiac arrest due to brain hypoxia. That's it for this episode of 911Cast. We'd like to thank our founding sponsor, OneKit, makers of high-quality first aid kits. Check out their products at buyonekit.com. That's B-U-Y-O-N-E-Kit.com. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and review us on Apple Podcasts. Until next time, thanks for listening.